Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. It is Reformation Week, and when I said that, I exploded my hands because nobody's here to correct me except for Pastor Russ, which... I wouldn't do. I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have Pastor Phil and Pastor Jonathan in the studio today. I think they just got tired of us. They lasted longer than I thought they would. <laughs> so kudos to them. <laughs> no, we miss them, but they have uh, other things that they are doing today. So it's just uh, Pastor Russ and I. We are going over Reformation themes because this Saturday is Reformation Day. Um, I know that you think it's Halloween, but it's actually Reformation Day. Yep. Yep. How did you often know? confused? But the idea is this is the date in which Martin Luther really began this formal conversation, debate, discussion um, with the, the the Roman Catholic Church, and from him that it just continued to because there was so much abuse at the time. There was a lot of discontentment. There was a lot of anger. Um, the moment was ripe for people to begin to ask and, and hear the, this questioning. And so Luther kind of um, just already expo- or kind of brought to light all of these concerns and questions and anger of people anyway. And then over time, um, you had it refined. Um, really, Luther is not going to be the one that's going to ultimately get to some of the heart of some of the theological issues. He does but it's Zwingli and Calvin that maybe more address some of, of the theological concerns as, as much as when Luther started was more of the abuses. Mm-hmm. Um, Luther eventually gets to the, to the theological concerns, but they're more fully developed later on. So maybe this will segue into our theme today. Yes. And maybe we're not connecting at all, but uh, hopefully you're on the same level. So what do you do with the objection, um, maybe against some of our Roman Catholic friends that would say, well, here's the problem. Protestantism essentially started in the 16th century, um, but the scripture says, uh, Jesus said that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. So there you go. You guys have started a new novel thing, um, and therefore you are illegitimate. Well, and this is the, the why it's so important to study church history. Ah, the segue! Yay! Yes! <laughs> um, because really what you... What I've been saying, I love, I love John Calvin um, just because of the extensive work that he did to help the church. And what people don't understand is that John Calvin was probably the church historian of his day. Mm-hmm. He knew the writings of the church fathers and could quote them from memory. And if you read his institutes, it's just. Um, absolutely full of references to the church fathers. And and basically his argumentation was, wait a minute, we're not the new church. You actually are the church that is new because you've drifted away from, from 
not only the scriptures, but you've drifted away from what the church was at its founding. Mm -hmm. And Calvin was an expert in taking his debaters back to the church fathers and saying, no, this is what was said about the gospel back then. This is what was said about the sacraments back then. This is what was said. And, and his knowledge of church history was saying, no, 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 no. We're still the true church. Yeah. Um, and we're just trying to bring us back to our scriptural roots that we see in the early centuries of, of the church fathers. and Which was a devastating argument. It is. And unfortunately, we live in a day in which I think church history is kind of, the study of church history has kind of been lost, that it's kind of looked at as something not important. Mm -hmm. I would disagree with that. I think it's very important to go back and read the writings of not just the early church fathers, but of those that are from the, the Reformation time period and beyond, and be acquainted with who these people were, what they were writing, why does it matter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even Luther, when he stood before uh, the Diet of Worms in 1521-ish, see, that shows you how ignorant I am of history. I don't even know we'll, the date. We'll go with it. Um, <laughs> he was, part of his argument was, um, how can I recant these works that I've written? Because... It's not just my witness um, against these doctrines that you're holding up, but even the, the past church councils and popes and stuff have contradicted each other. So he was making kind of a historical argument, at least on one level, for, for why he couldn't recant his works. So, go ahead. I just find it fascinating that when Luther really doesn't know church history at all at the beginning, and he is in this, this great debate with Van Act and 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 Van Act accuses him of being a Hussite, and Luther denies John Huss, it. John, John Huss, Huss, right? Who was a precursor to the Reformation, and and Luther denies it. But at the break, leaves, goes to the library, and reads up on John Huss because <laughs> Luther had no idea what he was even being accused of. That's awesome. And then he comes back. And I did not like, know that. That's he great. comes back and says, "Actually, I agree with Huss." Yeah. And if you're accusing me of being a Hussite. There are points that I agree with John Huss on. So Luther had to learn church history as he went. But I think it's valuable for us to go back in time and say, okay, why were these conversations happening? Mm -hmm. um, what was at the heart of them? What was being laid out? And Because the idea is that we as humans don't change mm -hmm. at, at our very core we're the same. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Nothing and, new under the sun. And so we're actually being quite foolish. We're living as fools to not draw from the wisdom of history. It Wouldn't it be a bit like, I'm, I'm dangerous with on-the-spot analogies, but wouldn't it be like a person going to engineering? Everybody in this room is cringing. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's only one of us. Oh. person goes to engineering school, and he throws out all the books of past engineers and just says, I'm going to learn this thing from, from scratch, from, from square one. Wouldn't that be a bit like um, the church ignoring church history? It is. It's exactly the same thing. And we don't do this in any other part of life. We don't say, you know what? It's absolutely essential that with each moment in each situation, we recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. No, we, we clearly 
learn from past experiences and past moments. We understand that it's not a, a direct transfer. I mean, I don't live in the time of the Puritans. So even though I love the the, the writings of the Puritans, I understand that it's not a one-to-one um, transfer. Mm-hmm. My circumstances, my context. But those general principles exactly. still exist. Yes. Yep. So I read them because I know that their insights still can provide principles that I can apply maybe slightly differently than they did, yeah. but they still have application. Well, here, here's an argument for church history from the lips of Jesus himself. Jesus, after Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus then said, the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church, which, which means that the church throughout the ages until Jesus returns will continue to exist as one living body. And therefore, how, how foolish would it be to refuse to look at those things that Jesus says are a valid part of uh, the church body that, that perhaps happened 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago or, or 1,900 years ago. Those are part of our heritage. And quite honestly, this is going to be maybe kind of strong, but God— Now we're going to get letters. Great. God commands us to study church history. Mm. It's a command of Scripture. That's what Psalm 78 is saying. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. Mm of his might and the wonders that he has done. Psalm 105, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he's uttered. The the reality is that's not just saying you need to know what God did in the scriptures. Those Psalms are saying you need to know the works of God in history. Mm -hmm. And so for yeah, because because history is not disconnected from yeah. God's sovereign hand. That's right. It, it, history is not just a unfolding of random human events. It's it's not to be cliche, but it's His story. History. That was cliche. <laughs> <laughs> so in our family, ah, come on. <laughs> in our family, we actually designate October, which we talk about as Reformation Month, every night. We have family devotions together before bed. In the month of October, we suspend our regular devotions and readings, and an entire month is all about church history. We read different biographies. We we go through different uh, moments in church history so our kids know we're trying to obey Psalm 78, Psalm 105. We're, we're trying to, to talk to our kids about the wondrous works of God. Mm-hmm. Because what we want them to learn is, A, God is faithful. God's faithful to the promise that Josh talked about earlier, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that he will uphold his people throughout all time. And B, we want them to know God is a God of power, that he works through ordinary means, mm-hmm. ordinary people. These people aren't special in and of themselves. They're special because God has chosen to equip them for certain moments in time. 
And we want to have our children understand that this is the God that they still serve, a God that is sufficient for each of their moments, who is faithful to his word, and who will provide everything that they need for each of the moments of their life. And so it's looking at God's faithfulness, but it's also clinging to the reality that this is the same God that they have opportunity to know and serve. Maybe just one plug real quick. Reformation Heroes would be a good place to start in terms of if you would like to do that in your own family. That's the name of a book, Reformation Heroes. Is the author Beaky on that? Joel Beaky? And Klein, I believe, is the other. So um, just to add to what you said, I think there's, there's at least two additional reasons that we should look at church history, one being theological. The heresies that we see today are just repackaged heresies from the past. Mm -hmm. Um, So the heresy of Jehovah's Witnessism or even Mormonism, those are heresies that the early church dealt with in the first and second, third, fourth century. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's one reason that you don't have to start from scratch and arguing against these wrong views about Christ. The second reason, maybe touching closer to your point, is, um, well, to my point anyway, experiential. There's an experiential reason Mm -hmm. to read church history. I know that when I've read church history, it doesn't just fill my head with knowledge, which I love. I love the truth. We should glory in the truth because it comes from God. But my heart is warmed because I realize I'm not just reading about a man or a group of men or a group of women. I'm reading about how God has worked providentially and compassionately through his people. And I see his faithfulness, his holiness, his righteousness in generations past. And that gives me courage to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because God doesn't change. Right. That same God is the God we have opportunity to serve. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We have 30 seconds, so let's give some more resources for church history. I, I mentioned Simon and a Car books. The reason I mentioned those is they're, they are kids' books, but they are so full of information. I believe there are like 16 different um, individuals that she has highlighted over the last decade or so, and they're just full of information in a story form that's so accessible to kids, but also extremely educational for and experiential for adults. Okay, and that's uh, go to Reformation Heritage Books, and you can find those books on that website. Yeah. We'll see you next time. 